1: Get to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello everyone. Hey folks. How you doing today, Chippa? I didn't
0: sleep very well last night. No? No. I think I was all charged up. We taught a class in San Francisco yeah it was awesome it was super great Ooh, we should say hi to, we won't use your name but
1: listener who listened to all of our episodes she said that she listened to all of them some of them twice i know i loved her and now she wants to go be a sex educator
0: hi we she was you. like i'm starstruck we she were like oh my god she was she, so so sweet you made our night and you did. yeah it was, it
1: was, so, it was a, so it was so good to teach her i want to teach her again it
0: was we got back pretty late and i just i i didn't sleep super well so i'm um tired today and a bit emotional you know it's those fucking planets. My moon cycle, Mercury's in retrograde. <sighs> All of it. I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling defeated or anything. I'm just a little... My energy is not as, wow, as it typically is. I'm not defeated. I just feel like... Mercury's in retrograde? There's just so much going on right now. You know what will make you feel a little better? I know nothing Can wine I can say can make wine, you feel better. Wine, wine, well, wine, Well, wine always makes you feel better. Um, margin's wine. Um, margin's wine is... Now it's become my favorite wine. So the red wine she just came out with, it's not available yet, but it's going to be available. It's a Cab Franc. Yeah, Cab Franc. You love it. I love it. I brought my it to a party yesterday. Who loves it. My mom is a wine snob. She loves it. And your it. mom, I know. Yeah. Mama Janice loves it. Yeah. And people are like, this is so good. And if you uh, go on marginswine.com and sign up for the newsletter, she doesn't, ex- like, spam you out or anything like that she rarely just when she I think when she releases a new wine which is every few months you'll get um notification uh so check that out and also if you use the discount code shamelesssex 10 when you buy three or more bottles on her site uh you get a 10% discount and then if you buy half a case so that's six bottles plus you will get 15% 15% by using shameless sex 15 and that's mm. exclusive to us. She's never offered a discount code before on her wine. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, it's about $25 a bottle, which is, I think on the, um, it's a mid range priced wine, but it's for the quality. Totally worth it. It's totally worth well, it. You don't get hung over cause there's no sulfites.
1: Woman owned and raw wine. Mm, mm, woman owned raw mm, wine. Mm,
0: mm. But I, w- that, that was one thing to say to help yes. you feel better. But Thank the you. other thing, so, being an emotional being today that I am. I was looking through our emails, and um, my apologies to all the folks that we haven't been able to address their uh, sex questions. Um, we are going to answer sex questions, but you have a share but first. But I have a share first. So I started crying after I read this. So I'm going to keep their name anonymous because um, I'm assuming that they'd like that, but this was a message that we received. It was from yesterday. Um, so this, when this podcast release, it'll be a couple of weeks, but it's from August. So your show has changed my life in 18 years of marriage. I've never been able to be honest in the bedroom. The connection I feel now goes so far beyond physical pleasure. I feel loved. Thank you for putting yourselves out there.
1: Oh, that's I've so sweet. Fully started crying.
0: Isn't that so sweet? That's
1: awesome. Yeah. in I, ship, you don't cry too often. I'm no I love that that's the sweetest thing ever you know and I love that we're humble as fuck because that just feels good and it I don't it doesn't like my ego is not massive from no. it it just like nourishes I like what let's talk about the feelings that that gives us I feel warm inside
0: well I when I was upstairs <laughs> I, I said this to my partner <laughs> and I'm just gonna be totally candid and raw right now and transparent I was like I didn't save my marriage. It was time for me to move on. But it looks like I'm helping other people Mm -hmm. save their relationships and their marriage. And it feels really good.
1: Well, and then your experience with your marriage has really taught you what you needed to be here. Right. If I
0: could have, you know, rewound and and been, um, you know, where I am today with it, I think it would have probably been uh, different. But I don't I think our... Time had expired together Mm -hmm. no matter what, but I think it could have been done probably, um, with better communication and, um, from a deeper part of myself rather than just sort of shutting down, which is what I did at the time. Yeah. So it's all a learning process, learning. and I'm still learning. But that's what, that's what my feelings were about that. So just wanted mm. to share that with you, Miss Amy. Thanks, Chip. That does make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, good. And uh, Monty's here. Monty
1: always makes me feel better. Montesaurus Rexel. He's the cutest little mascot in the whole world. Well, we have a sex question. And then we this podcast, we have a guest speaker, um, and it is on how men can live authentically in sex and with sex in the realm of sex and relationships. It's
0: pretty interesting. Um, Yes. Very interesting. I think he has some great insights. It's, I think it's worth tuning in whether you're, uh, you identify as a female body, hetero, if you're a male body individual, you're, you're a, Drake, gay, whatever you are choosing um, All the to be today, you yes. you know, tune in. I think um, you'll enjoy. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about,
1: about like, like male body folks who identify as men. And there's a lot of talk about more so relating to women. So that's like definitely how in there. And I think right. there's something to pull f- out of it for everyone. And there's a lot of stuff. If you are someone who is a big fan of men, meaning you're in relationships with them, um, there's a lot of good information for you, too. Uh, But before we do, I'm going to answer a sex question with the subject line, genital warts. This is an oldie but goodie. Yep, genital warts. from April 9th, so here we go. And this person will be uh, (laughs) anonymous. says, hi, guys. My partner of one year has told me he has genital warts. He thinks he mentioned it previously, but I don't remember. I've been listening to your podcast because we have been having some issues around communication. We've been fighting a lot. My sex drive has been low, and now I have this new information. I love him a lot, but I'm not sure what to do here. Can, oh, can I please remain anonymous? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, so genital worse. Okay, so it's just it's a, a little odd to me that someone would think that they may have mentioned it to you over the last year and... And um, if that doesn't so seem remember like... Remember when we were out at that bar? Yeah. You're really drunk. <laughs> I told you then. I told you over some I got shots. the warts. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't listening. You're a terrible you listener. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it just seems like one of those conversations that's beyond just like, I'm just going to kind of mention it. It seems like it's one of those conversations that is like, hey, here's something really big that I need to tell you. I have a uh, uh, genital words. I have an STD, STI that... Um, is going to hang around me forever. And uh, I, I mean, I, I would just imagine that that would be much more of a, a, a conversation you would remember unless there was a bottle of Jack Daniels
0: involved. I, uh, not knowing um, a lot about General warts, uh, is that the same as like having an outbreak? Is it only... Um, So transmittable when you're having like there's like a flare up or is it there and then you can go get treated I don't know a lot about it so I am as a sex educator still will not be
1: a declare myself an STD knowledge master Um, but what I do know about genital words also because I've had partners that have had them is it's just like it can be there's versions of genital warts that are just like warts in your body where you can have them burned off. You'll get like a specific virus and then they'll kind of grow and then you get them burned off, like they like you do if you had warts on your leg or your foot or whatever. Okay. And then they can go away. But also HPV is mm. genital warts as well. And you can have HPV without genital warts, but it can have genital warts. So you can actually see little warts, and it's just a different version of HPV. And that's
0: internal on the Or external. Or I've or seen external. them on penises before. And they're okay. like, Oh, that's HPV on a penis so um the, I, i'm i'm just curious as to um pr- i guess did pr- you just google it yes i did click, click images see what happens oh lord i just love doing this because it's so terrifying Ah! <laughs> oh my god that looked like a nipple <laughs> all right that's great now, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> now i know um i mean that's a real i mean hpv is I, I think that's like one in two, uh, yeah. if, if not more folks have that. Um, and that just gives you what an, um, an irregular pap, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, you will in the
1: HPV can turn into cancer. So there's, there's a lot of different mm. things there. and There's different types of HPV. There's so many different strains. You can have it just like on your cervix and there's no words. So there could be genital words. And I mean, the, the end of the day, this person is, um, feeling a little betrayed, right? A little misled. Right. And I'm kind of, I'm agreeing like, yeah, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you just maybe mentioned. Like I thought you knew. Um, so I understand that. And it's also on top of these other things. If you're fighting a lot, your sex drives low
0: communication Um, issues. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that this is almost a communication issue as well, where it's like, I told you where it probably was on his mind. Um, to tell you and i'm sure because it probably is a big deal to him and he probably wanted to tell you but uh hadn't he was scared had the chance fear yeah
1: there's a lot of fear that that i mean that's why a lot of people don't share STD information or sti information they're they're fearful that you won't want to have sex with me you Mm -hmm. won't love me you'll you'll judge me and so i'm just not going to tell you or tell you in a way that maybe i can pretend like i told you that i when i didn't but i commend
0: him uh, for telling
1: eventually although i don't know did he i mean it doesn't say it says um my partner of one year oh told me okay finally by the way but he divorce. thought
0: yeah so this person's
1: asking not sure what to do here i mean i we're, i'm not we're not going to tell you to break up with them we're not going to tell you i mean other than there's hurt here there is um it feels like broken trust and it feels like for the relationship to continue those things need to be addressed in loving communication. Like your hurt needs to be uh, expressed lovingly and also acknowledged. And then you too figure out how you can communicate in a way that this kind of thing doesn't happen again where people don't feel misled. And you can put more, everything on the table and not have something pop up later that is really hurtful.
0: And if you're concerned about getting, you know, um, the disease, you can take precautions, use, um, condoms. They're about 85% effective, which is going to be a little funky for a skin on skin right. thing. Right. But, right. But yeah. I'm just saying if that is the issue, if they're like, I really love this person, I just want to take precautions. I mean, yeah. there are ways uh, to do that. Obviously totally. I do more research. Maybe there's yeah. specific times just like with herpes that you could, um, there's, I don't know. I'm we not an expert either. I but. mean,
1: warts, uh, warts. Are, I think uh, as far as it was one of those things. If there are actual physical warts that you can see externally, you can go and have them burned okay. off. Okay. Um. And and so I, I mean, there's. It just really depends. On I got the warts
0: from on my feet from the showers in college. And I had to go get them burned off. I have. True story. My ha- so I have two. And w- I wore flip flops. I have one good foot and one bad
1: foot. Oh, no. My good foot has nothing on it. It's just like, that's my good foot my left foot. When people rub my feet, I'm like, go for my left foot. Yeah. My right <laughs> foot is my bad foot. It has like three planters warts on it. <laughs> one huge one in the middle that my friend saw the other day. And she's like, you're going to have to get that. Yeah, she's you need to go get that. Case. She's like, I don't no, they go to your bone. I don't think. Really?
0: Like the planters warts, they can go all the way down to your bone.
1: Oh, my God. I should, I should probably get removed now. Yeah, for sure, We take care of me? Because well, I won't be able to walk.
0: This. I had, so I'll, true story, another one. I'm just full of them today. <laughs> uh, I had a, when I was like 18, I had one on the side of my foot from college. I think it was 19 at the time. I had to go get removed. I couldn't walk. I had to walk with a cane for about two weeks. And people were like, what happened to you? I was like, mm, basketball injury. <laughs> I, got oh. a, I wasn't, I was 19. I did not want to be like, I got a planner's ward removed. I, I just. But told- I haven't had any since.
1: I think I'm really
0: thinking I need to go get some. No, now you look concerned. concerned. You're know, all super stressed, stressed out. <laughs> Wait, you said it goes to the bone? It can go to the bone. Oh I God. mean, look at that. That's probably my, you know, Midwest conservative, like, mm-hmm.
1: everyone It goes it, you know? to the bone and then it will travel to your heart. Yeah. All the way <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and then you'll get it in your pussy. <laughs> 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 damn it. It's this STD on my foot. I heard it. you couldn't get STD in cave.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know that one. Oh, I do. Very Inside well. joke. Okay. Oh, anyways, one. all right,
0: everyone. uh We're going <laughs> to dive into the podcast now. Wait. Last shout out um, oh, yeah. about one announcement. I should say not a shout out. I, I want to announce that Amy and I will be at the. It's not called the Sexual Health Expo anymore. It's called the Sex Expo. It's free. There's goodie bags. It's in Brooklyn at the Convention Center, September twenty second, September twenty third. that's Saturday and Sunday, we'll be there from eleven a.m. till six p.m. both days. I will be M C C C C C. And come and say hi to us. We're probably going to report a record a live podcast. Whoa, my voice! Interesting. <laughs> I just went through puberty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moon cycle, and that's all I have to say about that.
1: Awesome. The sex expo. I was like. There's going to be a lot of. Yeah, Amy's (laughs) like, we're going to get some interesting (laughs) folks. You call something a sex expo. I I mean, I'm super excited about it, but the name is definitely. They changed it, I think, recently. I mean, you know what? I think more people will come now. There's a sex expo. Hopefully, not during the show on us. I know. That's (laughs) what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) We're not looking for that necessarily. Uh, We want you
1: all to come, just not on us, please. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay. So, an announcement. Uh, Pure Pleasure, our beloved sponsor, whom we love, is having a sale this month. It's Anal August, everyone. Stick it in your anal, but do it safely. And Pure Pleasure is having a special, well, our listeners always get 15% off of everything at Pure Pleasure using coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps. This month, for the month of August, you get 20% off of all anal toys. So just go online and you add your toys to the cart. And then during checkout, use code AUGANAL18 in all caps. So that's capital A-U-G-A-N-A-L-18 in the checkout. And you get 20% off of all anal toys. So get those now for anal August. And um, let's see. Chip, tell me, what are some of your favorite anal toys?
0: I love the booty plug from Fun Factory. They have it in small, medium, and large, which was a suggestion of moi back in the day. Uh, And it was um, one of my favorite plugs to begin with, um, to actually start, because it has a crescent-shaped stopper, so it fits really nicely between your butt cheeks. So it's comfy. And what are anal plugs good for, Miss Baldwin? To stop poop. Just kidding. (laughs) No.
1: They are designed to uh, relax the anal sphincter muscles uh, if you're going to move to something larger or they just feel nice, a nice feeling of fullness or they're a really good starter toy for just kind of experimenting with some anal play. And there's some that are specifically for prostate and some that are not. But yeah, the booty plug is awesome. Is it B-O-O-T-I-E? No, B-O-O-T-Y plug and they have small, small, medium and large. Love those. And then um, I also, Love, anal beads, but I like the like a bead plug combo. So not something that's that's too long. I think Tantus makes one um, called the Ripple, and it's just like a couple of them. It's, it's so it's not like a full strand of beads. Um, the stopper part that goes between the cheeks isn't as awesome as the Fun Factory one. But it's a nice strand of like shorter beads and bead plug combination, so you, you don't have this like massive strand of beads. Although, you know, beads are a great starter thing, too. And Fun Factory has some good ones that, um, what is it called? The bendy beads? They look really big, but actually the ass can really fit in pretty much anything. You, want. you don't have to put the whole strand in. So they're really high grade silicone. So there you go, everyone.
0: There's um, some of our recommendations. Uh, we've tried them in our own butts ourselves. B vibe too, oh. vibrating anal plug. It's a bit more. It's a bit bigger, so you need to be an advanced anal player.
1: Well, they have different sizes too. But there's the one that you're talking about that moves around. Yeah, mm. let's go have some anal now. Um, Chip, you have an announcement too. We're we're uh, we're looking for um, an intern. 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 Do you want to share some information? You want me to share
0: some information? I can do it. Take a rest, Ms. Baldwin. I decided to call her Ms. Baldwin today. I don't know why. I am just being serious. Um, so we are looking for an intern, everybody out there in the intern land or in the land of studying that wants to help shameless sex get to the next level. We're looking for someone. It's going to be unpaid initially. However, I will say this, uh, if you kick ass, Love us. Listen to our podcast avidly. Um, we definitely will have room for growth and um, definitely will pay you eventually. When when we get paid, you get paid. So uh, you will... It's only going to be about five to eight hours maximum per week. Um, and initially, it's probably going to be about eight, but then it'll go down to a lot less because we need some initial organization help. And we'll give you details. Email us if you're interested. Um, we will... Also provide you with all of our expertise. Amy's got so much background in sex ed. I have tons of experience in the sex toy world. You'll get free sex toys, free Uber lube, um, and again, the potential for growth and expansion. Um, So if you're interested in the sex ed community or you just love what we do in our mission, email us shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. But we do hope that um, if you're not Able to be the intern out there, and you're listening to this, and maybe you know someone that you're like, Wow, I know my friend, blah, blah, that would be super good. I'm going to pass this information on.
1: Yeah, I uh, always like to invite people when they apply for jobs to. Um, do some sort of like mini cover letter intro thing on why why this job speaks to you because we're definitely looking for someone who's passionate about these topics um, and someone who's an avid listener who knows a lot of our episodes. Um, so it isn't your uh, typical internship job like this is sex everyone and you're listening so you already know that. And we are preferring someone that we could meet in person so someone that does live locally around the Santa Cruz area or Bay Area where we could actually just at least meet you once or twice. Um, but we're open to people who don't live around here. To too. So feel free to um, apply no matter what. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you all. Anyway,
0: we should probably get to it with the podcast. I've been ranting on and on. Love you. All right, everyone, it is episode time
1: as promised. And first, I shall read a bio and wish me luck because I always get the bio wrong. Woo! <laughs> so, Robert Kandel has been helping men find themselves for 14 years. An expert in interpersonal communication and relationships, he has helped thousands of students find a more balanced, energized life with better relationships, more sex, and more happiness. His coaching style is challenging, paternal, and highly rewarding, and definitely not for the faint-hearted. He has been described as part football coach, part loving dad, and part slightly crazed drill sergeant. (laughs) He is the host of the highly successful podcast, Tough Love, and the author of the upcoming book, Unhidden, a book for men and those confused by them.
0: Welcome, Robert. Hi, Robert.
2: Thank you. It's such an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. Um, I love the part, slightly crazed drill sergeant. Is this true?
2: I, <laughs> this I mean... is true. This is true. Wow. I didn't make it as a football coach, so instead I coach men, and that part definitely comes out.
0: Do you bring a whistle to your coaching?
2: Uh, an energetic whistle. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I have. I've actually been known to have a stopwatch, but that's a whole different story.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs>
1: I want to see you in action. Um, can, you, can you tell us, our listeners, so the topic today, we're, we're going to talk about how men can live in authenticity in sex and relationships. But can you also just give us the background on your journey to get where you are today?
2: Sure. Um, I told the story many times. I considered myself normal until I was around 28. I was uh, living in San Francisco, corporate America, married, five-bedroom house in San Francisco, just really living that standard life, the path that was laid out to me by my father and my grandfather. And then when I was 28, I went to Burning Man, uh, which was 1998 before Burning Man was as big as it is now. And I had some life-changing experiences that really just showed that there was this whole other world that was available that I had no clue about. Came back to San Francisco and started to investigate personal development, sexuality, raves, uh, really a wild time in San Francisco. And then in 2004, started One Taste uh, with a woman named Nicole Daydon. Did that for 10 years. Uh, One Taste taught about relationships, intimacy, communication, sexuality, and had a practice called orgasmic meditation. Left that in 2014. And came to Venice Beach with a blank slate and since then have built a coach, coaching and business consulting. I'm also a podcaster and I'm writing my first book and got married and co-parenting two kids. So it's been a pretty epic four years.
1: Uh, yeah, and just an epic journey in general. Indeed. <laughs> so many people find themselves at Burning Man. I know. Do you still go to
0: Burning Man, Robert?
2: I haven't been to Burning Man since 2003. Ah, uh, One Taste started in 2004. I always said uh, One Taste was my Burning Man daily, <laughs> um, and the Morgan, my wife, is interested, so we might make it back soon.
0: Yes, the RV style is, I think, the preferred way to go about it. At least if she, I went glamping.
2: yeah, glamping, glamping or she's a she's a glamping or RV kind of woman, which yeah. I can respect
0: totally. Is One Taste still around, or is that did it that is. okay? Oh cool yeah. oh yeah one taste yeah we haven't um yes we've
1: haven't done a podcast on one taste before but um it's i actually invited april to i was like we should go do an orgasmic meditation workshop just the two of us like a one-day mm-hmm. workshop and we can practice with each other and then we can do a podcast about it and i think that you said that um that your partner wouldn't be comfortable with me diddling your clit
0: I think that's (laughs) right
2: (laughs) or they might want to watch
0: or probably more accurately. So
2: hopefully, hopefully,
1: well, and, uh, and this, this podcast I mean, we can talk more about that as well, although I think the focus we, of this podcast is going to be more so on men and authenticity and sex and relationships. But I'm sure you could talk about um, the, your journey in One Taste uh, forever. But um, so can you tell us, so what are some of the practical steps for folks to live more authentically in today's world? I know it's challenging out there, but what do you think is necessary?
2: Well, there's there's two main things that are necessary. And I'm gonna say them very simply, knowing how challenge challenging these are. So the first is stop lying. And the second is reward your partner for their truth. Okay.
1: Stop lying and reward your partner for the truth. Can you um elaborate a little more on that? So just one one would just be just being
2: completely honest.
0: What, do you believe in radical honesty?
2: I do believe in radical honesty. I did a podcast a little while ago. Oh. And I said, Isn't it sad that we have this statement radical honesty? Like, we need to add the word radical honesty to actually be honest. Mm -hmm. And in my viewpoint, people are trained to be mediocre communicators. We're trained to withhold, and I have withhold the same as lying, because we're worried about the other person. And so when we tend to lie and withhold, we create facades, and then we have facades interacting with facades, which are inauthentic, because we're afraid. We're afraid to reveal ourselves, and we're afraid to be intimate. So... The way to be authentic is one is to stop lying and two to reward your partner for telling the truth and i know that sounds kind of blunt but you just start to take the steps towards that tell one more truth a day one more truth an hour one more thing that's really difficult to talk about and you can watch your whole relationship improve and morph.
1: i had a teacher that had this slogan that was um more truth sooner Mm-hmm. Uh, and which i really liked is that this this idea of ah oh, now's not a good time i don't know if it's safe to say this i don't right. want to kill the mood and this idea that just like there is not always a perfect time and yes you can be conscientious of of timing but just the, the more truth sooner as opposed to withholding and sitting on it
2: exactly i am in total agreement and i'm not about vomiting your truth on your partner you want us Uh, create a safe space. You want to ask permission. You want to ensure that the kids aren't going to come running in or the mom's coming over or you're about to go to work. You want to ask for space to reveal it or set up a practice every night before you go to bed. Let's just sit and talk for 30 minutes and reveal and have a space where we can tell each other those things that we really want to say but we're afraid to say. Let's create a space for that. So there's many ways to practice and set up the environment so the truth can be told and rewarded.
1: And the second was was more appreciation, rewarding.
2: Rewarding. Uh-huh. What so what like? happened Well, what happens now mostly is let's say let's just use a woman and a man. So um, a uh, a woman tells the man a truth about something. The man gets impacted. He then gets triggered. And then what he does instead of saying, "Hey, I'm triggered. I'm having feelings." He then will throw the bile, the hot potato, back on her. You did this, and you hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. which tells the woman that it's not safe to tell the man the truth, which has her say less, and then all of a sudden there's more, there's bigger distance between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my practice with my wife is no matter what she says, no matter how chargey it is, no matter how triggered I get, the first thing I'll say is thank you for telling me that. Now I'm having some feelings and I need to do some push-ups or go for a walk or beat my punching bag for a little bit. I'll be back. But really, thank you for telling me. And just by making it safe, it creates a pathway for more and more truth to be told.
0: Hmm. So that's interesting. I, I, I like that. I think that we all could live um, more authentically in our partnerships and in, in friendships um, altogether. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Robert, in your expert opinion, that men tend to hide, um, I mean, obviously, differently from, from this truth slash um, this way of living? And, and if they do, like, where, where are they hiding and why? Where are they? In the, in the yes. closet?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, men definitely hide differently and as much as women. My book is called Unhidden. It's about how to not hide, how to tell the truth. And uh, so I'll say kind of a generalization. I just want to really make sure that's clear. Actually, I listened to your podcast and I really like that you said things like male identified and female identified. I really like that terminology in our confusing many gendered world. Um, so I'll, what I'll say is kind of a stereotype in the middle of the bell curve in terms of men. So men are taught to hide their emotions, taught to hide their weakness, taught to uh, pull back and not show because we're, we're taught in society that having any feelings or having emotions, one is feminine or female and two is weak. So what we do is we take all the turmoil that goes on inside our system, we judge if it's appropriate, we usually say it's not, because we want to look solid, stoic, and approachable, and then uh, it comes out, it like ekes out in a fight or something, a passive aggressive. So men definitely tend to hide their internal state out of fear of being rejected.
1: And so what is what is the effect of withholding? I mean, what is that... I mean, I know that I see that that, that's why they're doing because of the social conditioning of what they're taught But how what is this? How does translate and what does it actually do in intimate partnerships?
2: I? Think it's the detrimental Cancer of relationship that men are taught this I think what happens Excuse me is that women uh, want more of their man they want to feel uh, again, we're in generalities, but women want the whole picture of a man. They want his stoic, strong Viking warrior, and they want his emotional, deep, vulnerable, crying, rung outside, and all the spectrum in between. Now, when they want, which part is a little complicated, but the point is they want the full spectrum. If a man uh, disavows or denies all the feeling side, that part of a woman doesn't get fed which means she has to look elsewhere, sometimes to another man, sometimes to the movies, sometimes to food, sometimes to a girlfriend. But when you don't allow that part to flow, you can't relate to your partner, your best friend, your woman on all these magical places. And you don't see that part of her. She doesn't see that part of you. And so it's sort of you're robbing from each other the full experience of life.
1: Yeah, I, I love that, and I mean I don't love when that happens, but I love, but I but I love the the way that you put that. And I um I recently was at a retreat, and we were doing some work with a Buddhist teacher that was talking about the masculine and feminine, talking about when the masculine is in its um highest expression, you know, its most clear and authentic expression. It shows up um, in support and in um protection of the of the earth of the feminine, you know, the, and on all that. And then when the masculine is showing up as its um lower, more like, you know, her inner child or or, you know, all the other stuff that comes with that. Um, it shows up more as like the destroyer or um more of that hiding. More of the hide with hiding hmm. withholding parts of it of itself and um and and i and I understand that I, I feel like with you know withholding like what you're saying if if I feel a partner withholding um withholding love withholding their truth it's just becomes hard to trust them mm-hmm. um, that safety feels like it changes, and then my heart hurts when there's with a withholding of love too but especially when it becomes to truth and the full expression of what's really um what's really present so yeah I think it's it's really really important for all folks of all genders to tap into that but again we're specifically talking about men
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so what what about The effect of the the realm of social media, and I mean, I know because we're talking about authenticity here. People are always thinking of that. This, you know, this is in person. This is relating in person and connecting, um, in like a you know a real way. Is that possible to do when you're not face to face with someone? Does that affect the ability for to be authentically connected?
2: I I'm a fan of social media. I'm a fan of electronic technology especially when you add facial you know you, you do the skype with the video or you do the faceTime with the video uh, we're so much and so being in person of course is the highest level of connection your limbic systems actually physically interact your your body exchange elements uh, even if you're not touching uh, so you know in person has the most powerful connection but you can effort to to show yourself on social media and electronics. But, and this is a big but, we're actually um, uh, culturated not to, mostly because out of fear of being rejected or abandoned. And so we tend to play, I've noticed, people tend to play it safer on social media because of trolls, because of um, all the people out there that can flame you. And so what we do is we do create optimized social media profiles we do show our best pictures, we do show our best days, rather than showing, <laughs> yeah, catfishing, yeah. Cat fishing, yeah. Um, so it's it's like you, we do show our best side, rather than the humanity, because we're afraid that we won't get picked, we're afraid we won't get recognized, we're afraid we won't get seen, and that is uh, a very scary thing for a man, not to be picked, especially in his competitive mind against other men in the pack.
1: Mm. When I think of the dating world, and not a lot of men that I know, and I won't name any names, but... Mm -hmm. Um, this, this, this idea that, um, and it's not, not just men, but I'm, I'm going to stick with men right now. Um, living, putting on this specific persona of who they are, what they want. You know, I want monogamy. I want the, I want the whole package and the whole dream and I might not be ready to settle down yet, but this is what I want. And then they start dating someone and, um, I've met a number of them that deep down, they actually don't have that same vision, but they're painting the picture that they have the vision that they think that um, the people that they're searching for um, that they, that they only want that, you know, they want the white Mm. picket fence and the marriage and the babies and the monogamy and all that. And they don't, aren't completely honest with where they are at that um, there might be fear there or might just also just be a different interest in the dream. And so they end up getting in relationships and, they do things on the side. You know, they're not honest about it. They have this other part of them where they can go and, um, and, and whether it's outside of monogamy, there's just other ways of, of being where they're not being authentic in mm-hmm. their relationship. And, and I've, I've actually talked to them. I'm like, why, why are you choosing this when it feels like your truth is a different lifestyle? And they've said, you know, women don't want that. So I can't be upfront with that ahead of time. I have to live this other life.
0: How do you know that about every woman? Seems like a generalization. What would
1: your Mm -hmm. advice be to those folks?
2: I think it happens all the time uh, from like various shades and nefarious, uh, you know, intentions. I think a lot of people do place their best face forward, especially for the first 90 to 120 days, the first three to four months, we tend to only show our positive polished side, everything is great. And then the other person gets hooked. And then I'm going to finally, you know, release and allow the shadows and the skeleton to come out. And that person's already, you know, biologically hooked. So now we think they'll stay or actually endure. And um, I think it's, it's really the habit of culture and I can talk about the non-monogamous or the you know the infidelity side I think you were referring to but when it comes down to it I think we have we believe in scarcity we believe we're taught that there's not enough there's not enough love sex women possibilities we think if we find someone who says yes to us, we grab them and hold on to them like it's our last meal. Uh, and we, so, we, we swim in scarcity. We don't believe in abundance. We don't believe that the universe will provide. And so, we uh, cheat and we manipulate and we uh, maneuver to stay when we've caught a woman. And I think it's it's horrible. It's a horrible practice. You know, when I First met Morgan, I said to her in the first couple of days, and I'm like, "Listen, I'm not a mono, I'm not a monogamous person. You know, I was I was in this situation, in that situation, and I was like, if you want monogamy, look elsewhere, basically. And she said, "All right, we'll see," and our relationship has morphed since that point. But just the honesty, the rawness, the truth, set this foundation. And now three and a half years later, it's like this woman knows me. She knows all my secrets. I know her secrets. And it's so amazing just to have the space to be totally true and real.
0: Well, I think that um, part of the reason my quest for doing this podcast was to hopefully on some level level shift the consciousness of, you know, mankind to know that it is an abundant place that we live on. Then Mm -hmm. there's enough of everything, whether it's love, joy, um, penises vaginas um mm-hmm. whatever you're into bits there's in bits in between there's enough so um hopefully you know with the work you're doing and the work we're doing um slowly slowly we can build to uh True. one love no I'm just kidding <laughs> I want to many loves though, many love another <laughs> question oh, though about
1: that I wonder thing is so I mean just I just want to say if you're not honest in the beginning I mean it's it's, it's going to bite you in the ass later. Like, it's just people think that, um, with, whole, I don't want to put my, I don't want to show all my cracks in the beginning because then I might lose the love, but they'll come out later. And I don't know. I, I personally think that, um, when you talk about people um, putting their best foot forward in the beginning and then, you know, you manip- there's manipulation and lying and all that, I think a lot of times that happens um, without them even knowing they're doing it. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. subconscious running that show um, and there's folks that are consciously choosing that too. But I would just like to invite that if there is some awareness – um, to what is happening? To understand that the things that we are hiding, should we choose to let someone get close enough, the chances are they'll see all or most of it, or at least be able to feel into it and know that there's something else there.
2: Yeah, I'll say two quick things. One is, if you're afraid to show that person that part of you that you're afraid of, and then that means that you don't believe you're lovable, and Would you rather would you want to be with someone who you're not sure if they can love all of you? I mean really think about the minimizing And the second thing is is when I lie to my partner. I can no longer trust my partner Because I've sold them a facade. They have bought the facade. I know they bought the facade and now I know That they don't really know who I am So I can't trust them because they're not seeing the true me So every time you lie it creates a little more of a chasm a little more of a separation And so it's about just revealing and being true. That's where the intimacy lives. Mm -hmm.
0: So are you now a monogamous in a a partnership that's monogamous or is it monogamish or is it kind of um, no defined terms? Is it just create um, this space with love and honesty and and kind of see how it goes or no no labels?
2: We have what I call a monogamy with guest stars relationship. Uh Just so you know, that's I'll a Rob Candell trademark. Oh, I, I wrote it. that. That DM. one's me. <laughs> DM it's monogamy with guest stars, and oh, nice. what that means is that we do have experiences with other people, but we have them together. Um, I set it up with Morgan to say, "You're a free woman. You can do whatever you want, anytime, any place. You don't need to ask permission," because I have a PhD basically in non-monogamy and jealousy, but she didn't she came into this relationship never being in a not you know non-monogamous situation and so over the three and a half years we've experimented and played and found what feels good to her and what doesn't feel good and to me it's so much fun being in the adventure with her and we've just settled happily on monogamy with guest stars which is really fun
1: I love that name. I know. That's awesome. That's <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. TM TM. Don't mm-hmm. steal everyone. TM TM. Uh, we. I. I like to ask you about the Me Too movement, and because i um, I do. So, because I work with clients, and I, a lot of the clients that I work with, um, sometimes there's this work on. Uh, the confusion in the masculinity between being the too much guy you know the too rapey too sexual too creepy but then also the not enough guy the um, more feminine softer not um, not dominant and not knowing how to fit in the middle because they want to be allies of women they also don't want to be rejected um, and I feel like the Me Too movement has actually made this even even more challenging and, and and of course there's some good things in the Me Too movement but I wonder what you think how the Me Too movement has affected men
2: um i love the me too movement i think it's necessary i think you know we elected a president to create such a static charge environment that the me too could finally arise i think there's so much uh danger and and impact and negativity between the genders that i'm so glad that just it's beginning to surface and to your point uh the impact on men has been very challenging because you know 15, 20 years ago, men knew their roles. They knew how to act. They knew who to be. There was certain a sort of script. And then what's happened with a very changing dynamic of society, the pay grade shrinking, more women getting educated, more women going to jobs, lost of manufacturing jobs, really significant impact. And then me too is men don't feel confident. And what men are doing instead of standing up and saying, all right, there's a new challenge, a new mountain to climb. A lot of men are just being like, you know, screw it, you know, quitting, you know, going more into video games and then to free porn and not stepping up to the challenge. And so it's a very challenging time for men to say, I need help. I need to understand, which goes back to our original conversation. If you can engage with a woman who's willing to tell you the truth, if you can be a man who rewards and welcomes the truth, then you can start to get clues about her signs and what she wants You know, I was numb and dumb as they came at 20 years old. I mean, I was, I was a nice guy, but I was a very numb and dumb guy when it came to women. And the way I learned how to relate to women was women telling me the truth. And that's because I was a student and I was willing and I was happy and I was grateful. And so for guys who say, I don't know how to handle women or don't understand women or this is too confusing. Well, that makes sense. Now get off your ass, get off the couch. Mm Find a woman to be friends with. It doesn't have to be a romantic partner and start to ask questions and then be really grateful when they tell you the truth because this is gold and this is what leads to the best nookie.
0: Ask questions and also be an active listener, feel into the answers. Mm -hmm. I think people sometimes create an interview situation when they're dating and that can be scary for folks. Uh, So aside from the Me Too movement, which I did, I, I also agree with you totally. I think it was necessary especially to see some of the behind the scenes things that were actually occurring in Hollywood for instance Mm -hmm. I mean it's uh, was a scary situation that's hopefully going to uh, become less and less of an issue but um, with that would you uh, in your opinion think that there's some other changes that have happened in society that have affected men as well, especially in today's society with, obviously, the media, and we've talked about social media, but um, just where we are politically, globally, everywhere.
2: Oh, significant changes. And this is quite a bit of my research I've done. And so there's some outstanding books out there for reference. Uh, Man Interrupted, uh, Philip Zimbardo, The End of Men, Hannah Rosen, uh, War Against Boys, Susanna Hoff. Uh, Men on Strike. Uh, These are some really outstanding books out there that describe the epic change that's happened, let's say, in the last 40 years. What happened in the 70s and 80s is that uh, society and educators looked at the differences between boys and girls, and I use these terms deliberately to mean under 18. They looked at what was happening and they said, okay, let's equate, let's create more opportunity for girls. And so they started to create specific programs for girls to equalize where the boys were, and especially around STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, which was awesome. But they didn't create comparable programs for men, or boys, excuse me, boys at the time. And so what happened is that as technology has increased in the last 40 years, you know, the the advent of moving to to technology rather than manual, uh, men have actually fallen behind. So if you look at like entry into college, this is a great statistic. In the 70s and 80s, it was 65% men and 35% women. Now it's flipped, 65% women, 35% men. Mm. Uh, PhD level, it's the same. The gender uh, pay gap, which was 64 cents in the 80s, is now 93 cents for millennial women entering the workforce in the last couple of years. Uh, People are getting married later women have more choice. They're not financially dependent on a man there's all this epic change in terms of uh, Society and choice women are getting more permission to be empowered, which is awesome and Men haven't had the same items the same uh, powers to step up and so what's happening is women are continuing to rise up and surpassing men in a lot of ways And men don't know who to be, and instead of stepping up, they're quitting.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I I think that that could translate over into the realm of sexuality, too, is that and um, the the roles there are getting kind of confusing and blurry, and um, and so instead of doing the work uh, and figuring out how to work together to learn mm-hmm. new tools and techniques, there's almost this like stepping away, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to moving more towards the one you know the the different sides of the spectrum of um, masculinity, you know, super masculine versus mm-hmm. like more soft and feminine. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a big thing. So, do you have any advice for so? Say, there's what would you say for a um, a man who is a big supporter of women, and they have a partner who is saying, "I want more dominance, and I want you to show up with more. Uh, I just want you to ravish me." Like, what would your advice be for them for a, for a man who's like a little afraid of that because they don't want to be the creepy guy? <sighs>
2: Yeah, that's a very common thing, uh, especially because men of, let's say men in their 20s and 30s, I'm 48 now, but I grew up in the 70s, the Alan Alda that moved to the John Cusack to, you know, to the Kenny G, like I grew up in, you know, the new age nice guy respecting women, meanwhile, just gathering more and more anger. So the first thing I would recommend is a book by Dr. Robert Glover called No More Mr. Nice Guy. That'll explain what's going on in your system about the anger you feel. The second is to uh, want to change or take on a new practice for you, not for her, not for the relationship, just because you want to enhance or increase this part of yourself. Um, And for the woman in the relationship, uh, see if you can move from nagging, pushing, or demanding into approving. Into a place where it's like, okay, let's do this together, and then find avenues of where you can learn this. You know, go to assertive training, take a BDSM class. Uh, there's so many great teachers out there. Watch YouTube videos on it. Um, go to uh, Toastmasters and learn to speak in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, go take go take some martial arts classes, or go play racquetball, or you know, work out like. I'm not sure what it is for each person, but the main thing is, is to, to get off your ass and from the point of longing and wanting and start to take action to build your self-esteem because self-esteem is built upon esteemable acts, acts that have you feel good about yourself. And so it won't work mentally. You've got to be in a practice and you've got to be in motion to find this part of yourself.
1: I, I love that. We actually use that advice often for folks who want to cultivate more uh, desire or eroticism and they're feeling disconnected. And it's it really is about developing practices that are almost like the stepping stones to get you there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're talking about. Like you, It's not like you're just going to learn how to be a dominant man overnight. It's that develop these practices that really create um, that overall feeling for you or give you that foundation or that that sensation of what it feels like to just be in your body in a really powerful way. And, um, yeah, I love that. I think that's awesome. I didn't even think about all those things. That was, I think that's really helpful.
2: Yeah. It took me six years, six years of getting my ass kicked by really powerful teachers to find myself and to find these different parts. So this is not an overnight thing. It is dedication. It's commitment. It's practice. It's encouragement. It's accountability. It's a practice like any other. But I can tell you from my personal experience that at the end, you will like yourself and you'll have self-love and you'll have self-validation. And women will be so confused just because you're confident and not grasping and asking them to carry and be needy. And it, it, you just do it for yourself so you can fall in love with the truly magnificent men you are
1: amen hallelujah
2: that's (laughs) that's that's the football coach
0: amen for sure (laughs) so we're excited to hear um that you're up you're having a book um coming out in the next few months and can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that
2: the book is called unhidden a book for men and those confused by them (laughs) it's a which is everyone um (laughs) it's a pragmatic guide for men in the 21st century of how to live Basically, the the concepts I was speaking today. It talks about communication relating to women. It talks about purpose. It talks about your father's path. Uh, And really, it's a down to earth, you know, baseline steps, lots of exercises. Um, just to find different parts of yourself. And there's going to be an interactive website connected to it. I have a Facebook group attached to it. Um, teaching a communication course in Los Angeles around it and other parts of the world. So it's really just about uh, giving men hope where they might think they're the only person with these fears or these thoughts. And my hope is that guys can be like, wow, that's the way I think and this is the way I can get out of it. And for those confused by your partners, hopefully they will give enough insights so we can get past that aggravated nagging into uh, connection, uh, collaboration, and, and like I said, better nookie.
1: Mm-hmm. Better nookie. Who doesn't want that? I love, right. word, I love the word nookie.
2: <laughs> it's yours, it's yours.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. I TM, Nookie. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can find you? I don't talk about you. We talked in the beginning about your podcast and the book, but the information about your website and how can people work with you?
2: The hub is uh, RobertCandell dot com, and the, you can order the book. You can find the podcast. You can find my other guest interviews there, like this one will be posted as soon as it's available. Um, and uh, my courses, so pretty much everything can be found at robertcandell.com, including my social media. So check it out there. Jump on my mailing list. I don't spam. Um, it's fun. It's a good time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one likes that spam. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of yeah. your knowledge, your wonderful gifts for all people. Uh, but I think this is really, really really helpful we've um it's interesting we we've, we've had a lot of women speaking on this podcast and we are now on like a run for having male speakers which is great and i so i know that this is really filling um a uh, void it's really important to have uh you know someone like you, you your voice sharing this information so thank
0: you so much for that and
2: Absolutely. to
0: all of our listeners out there um you should check out robert's podcast called tough love right yes,
2: yes and tough it's love.
0: t-u-f-f though like tuff.
2: tough tough
0: Uh, well Robert it's been an absolute pleasure we hope you have a lovely rest of your day thanks for spending a little time with us and all of our listeners and um, thanks everyone for tuning in every Tuesday to this shameless sex podcast we see you next Tuesday ciao for now